from St. Louis Public Radio. This is St. Louis on the Air. You mean to tell me in 200 years, there's only been one black female that has done this? Females, males, black, white, LGBTQ, we can't help if we're not sitting at the leadership table. Some people don't want to change. Sometimes folks are just down on you just because of who you are. Everyone, everyone, I don't care who you are, you need a board of directors. You need people that you can go to that will tell you, man, that's what you, is that what you did? That was really messed up. I'm Emily Woodbury. When Lieutenant Colonel Rochelle Jones retired from the St. Louis Police Department last month, she was the highest-ranking Black woman in the department's history. Rochelle Jones talked to St. Louis Public Radio's city politics and criminal justice reporter Rachel Lipman earlier this week. Rachel began the conversation by asking Jones how retirement is treating her. Well, um, it's good, but it's very different. It feels different. What's been the biggest adjustment? Uh... The adjustment of the telephone not ringing and no particular place to go. Well, work-wise, I've got church and I've got sororities because I did have a life. I think it's very important no matter what um, profession you have, you must have other things to do. So I have other things to do, but it just seems very different not having a police department personnel calling and you know, checking your email and doing those things that you do. But I do have a life. I did have a life. And I would recommend that for anyone, no matter what profession, do have outside interests. Do that. Yeah. So what was a life outside of work is now just life for you. Just life for now. Yes. Yes. You've spoken in articles that I've read of how important your faith was in guiding you to apply for some of the promotions that you did. Did your faith play a role in, in adjusting to retirement or to making the choice to retire at all? Yes, I believe it did because I believe that I'm on a path and I'm on a path that was set out by God. And when I was making decisions or in the process of making decisions, I always felt very comfortable and the majority of the decisions were very clear like on promotions and things like that. And I feel that it was God guiding me. So, yeah. There is also an element, too, of the department requires retirement acceptance circumstances at 65. So while there was a role of faith guiding you to it as well, do you think there was more you could have done without that mandatory 65-year retirement? Other than the relationship that I have built at the police department and in the community, continuing those relationships, which are very, relationships are very important. So I think that doing that is was a good thing. And so how did you work with your um, subordinates to transition those relationships to who is now the caretaker of them? The transition starts the first day that I accept an assignment. So what I've always done is I've always been very open. I've always shared my leadership. I've always shared information. And I always told them because one day I will not be here. Or I will funnily would say, uh, hey, if I get hit by a truck today, 
you guys have to be able to carry on. So I, that's the way I've always operated. When I took over a command, I made sure everybody, you know, know, like the lieutenants or if I had majors or the sergeants, I made sure they knew what was going on so that they could carry on. And they also know, hey, if they need to call or anything like that, uh, they can call me. And if I was selecting a leader, like if I had to select a captain or a lieutenant, I always tried to select people that were strong, diverse, and people that would be able to carry on when I'm gone. Because, hey, let's face it, we all are going to leave, you know, go and do different jobs. But I just think it's very important to pass that on. That's all a part of the way I lead. I believe that everybody should know what to do when you're not around and when you're not watching. So you did retire as the highest ranking black female in the history of the department. What does that accomplishment mean to you? Sometimes it's a bit embarrassing because you mean to tell me in 200 years there's only been one black female that has done this. But um, I'm very proud because the other female officers are very, they always say, hey, we're so proud of you, and you set the pathway, you set the bar for us. So that makes me feel good. But sometimes when I talk about it and when I release it to the universe, it's like in 200 years there's only been one black uh, female lieutenant colonel. It's like, yeah, okay, yeah. And what do you think that says about the city's leaders or the department that it did take until your promotion in 2017 for a black female to hold the lieutenant colonel title? What that says and what I hear from other females is that, hey, I don't want that leadership role. I don't want to have to go through the things that you went through. But what I have tried to do is to encourage them to tell them that if we don't take these roles, then we can't help. Everybody, And by that I mean females, males, black, white, LGBTQ. We can't help if we're not sitting at the leadership table. What were some of the challenges that you faced over the years in reaching that lieutenant colonel pinnacle? Sometimes men and sometimes women. Uh, If you've never had the roles, they're skeptical uh, and when I first came on, it was like, a, and it still is somewhat, a male-dominated uh, profession. And some people don't want to change. They don't want to embrace the change. They don't want to accept the change. And sometimes it's difficult, especially for black women, because a lot of times everybody's down on a black woman. And you have to work your way through all of that. But the flip side or the other side to that is I would not have been able to make it had I not been helped by black men, white men. You know, folks had to help me get to where I am and to help me in my leadership journey. So it's sometimes not always a difficult, I'm going to call it a maneuver, a difficult way to make it through. But you just you figure out how to make it through. But sometimes folks are just down on you just because of who you are. And what were the ways, perhaps, that they were down on you differently? You said they were all down on you, but did it manifest itself in different ways, depending on who it, you know, who they were? Sometimes it did. Uh, sometimes the men would not be accepting. Uh, I can remember being a patrol officer. My partner was white, male, and we'd stop a car. 
my partner and I get out of the car. You know, I get I approach on one side, he approaches on the other side. And the person that I stopped jumped out. He was white and male, and he wouldn't talk to me. He would only talk to my white partner. So my partner just kind of was like, uh, excuse me, this is her car stop. So you've got to talk to her. So sometimes people, it's just like, you a woman, I don't want to talk to you. I want to talk to the white male here. And then having a leadership role, sometimes other leaders from different entities did not want to talk to me. I can remember being assigned to K-9, and uh, my guys was, were doing a search, and the bosses of the people that they were searching for wanted to talk to their boss. Well, then when I show up and I got out of the car and I looked at their faces, they were like, oh, my God. <laughs> and I was like, Hello. I'm Sergeant Jones. Can I help you? And they look like, oh, my God. And I was like, yeah. It's like, yeah, you get me or you get nothing. So what do you need? You did file suit in 2016 alleging gender discrimination in promotions. And while the jury did not find there to be discrimination, do you think it pushed the department to change its practices in any way, them facing this lawsuit from you? Yes, I, I think it does. And I think it helped the other people that are coming up in leadership to, hey, let's do the right thing. Let's treat everybody the same. Let's not treat anyone bad just because of who they are. So the department is looking for a new chief. What do you think it needs in a leader at this moment in history? At this moment in history, the possibilities are endless. I think you need a person that has the excellent people skills, the communication skills to not only deal with the department, the officers, the civilians, but you've got to be able to get out and connect with the community. Community service, that is key. And you've got to make sure that the community trusts you enough to be that leader. And we need the public. We need the public to accept us. We need the public to work with us because without the public, We can't exist. How have you seen or how did you see over the course of your career from 1983 on the relationship between the police and the public change? I think with technology, things have changed. Now you can take video, you can take pictures of police officers abusing people, of a police officer cursing you out, whereas before that, It's my word against your word. And the majority of the time, folks took the police officer's word. And I'm just so glad that folks are standing up for what is right. We never could do what we wanted. It's just that now with modern times and with the technology, it's like, okay, here, he, this is what he did. We all had our cameras on. We were all witnesses to that. So technology, I think it's a good thing. Where did you get your most unexpected piece of advice from as a leader? The people that I work with, the subordinates that I work with, they were very instrumental because they would come to me and they would say, hey, Colonel, look, this is the way it is. This is what's going on. I can remember one time when I was a captain, I had a position And I went to an officer. I was like, hey, I think you would be really good in this position. And that officer said, okay, yes, ma'am, I'll take it. Ten minutes later, that officer sergeant came in and said, hey, I'm I'm just going to tell you this. He really does not want that job. He took it because you asked. That was huge. That was a huge uh, 
lesson for me. And then I had one of my other commanders when I was, I think I was a captain. I had done something really good. And he said, hey, you did a great job, but don't expect any of the, and this was a white male. He said, don't expect any of these other men to tell you that you're doing a good job because they're not going to tell you that. And then I can remember another time when I applied for the Major K squad. Mm -hmm. And I was just so excited, and I felt I was ready. So I filled out my application, and I took it to my boss, who was white and male, and this is what he told me. He said, "You, I'm going to sign this because you can do it. You can do this job. But let me say this. You may not get selected because those are the good old boys that do the selection. How often do you think it was less about your skills as an officer and more about the fact that you were a black woman trying to break into the good old boys world of policing? Uh, a lot. Yeah, I think it I think it was a lot, but I didn't let that deter me. I didn't let that stop me. I knew what I wanted to do. My path was always so clear, and I think that was God. It was like, okay, you got to do it. Now, you may not get it this time, but you have to keep trying. And I think a lot of times those folks want you to quit. And they try to, you know, beat you down, make you feel down, make you feel downtrodden, like, no, no, you can't have that. So I would be like, okay, okay, just not at this time. I never let somebody telling me no, or no, you can't do that, or whatever they were talking about, I was always like, well, okay, it's clear to me that I'm supposed to have this job, so I just have to keep working. What advice would you give a young woman of color who might be interested in law enforcement in any of any type in the world in which we currently live? I would say education, education, education is key. Community service, community service, community service is key. Those things, your people skills, how you relate to people that are totally different from you. And that's when I talk, especially when I talk to women, one of the things that I suggest that they do is to build up a network. Everyone, everyone, I don't care who you are, you need a board of directors. You need people that you can go to that will tell you, man, that's what you, is that what you did? That was really messed up. And that they will look at you and that they will tell you that and they will not soft soap it. So what is next for civilian Rochelle Jones? <laughs> that sounds funny. Uh, some sort of, I'm not done, let me say this. I'm not going home to sit in the rocking chair. Uh, it'll be some sort of community service where I could be of service with the community to St. Louis. It's got to be community service. That was Lieutenant Colonel Rochelle Jones speaking with St. Louis Public Radio's Rachel Lippman. Jones retired from the St. Louis Police Department last month. Her 39-year career there makes her the highest-ranking Black woman in the department's history. This episode was produced by Rachel Lippman. Our audio engineer is Aaron Dorr, and our production intern is Avery Rogers. This podcast was mixed and edited by Aaron. Alex Hoyer is our executive producer. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio. Understanding starts here. Our podcast proudly supports St. Louis artists by using music from Life Creative Group. 
Do you find yourself regularly listening to episodes of St. Louis on the Air? Suggest us to a friend you think might enjoy our conversations. And leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the simplest way to help people discover our show. Thanks. St. Louis Public Radio is a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association. Missouri produces wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details on the variety of products made in the state are at ChooseWood.com.